0: Welcome into the Rebound Rundown. Today is Tuesday, January 3rd, 2023. I'm your host, Paul Fritchner, and this is produced by Chatterbox Sports. This is your Daily Digest college basketball show where you can get your info on Cincinnati area college hoops every Monday through Friday in short episodes. I know I said yesterday that there were no area teams playing, but I overlooked Wright State's game against IUPUI. The Raiders won 82-68 to get back to five hundred overall on the season and earn their first win in Horizon League play. Trey Calvin had 21 to lead Wright State, and Brandon Knoll added a double-double with 14 points and 15 rebounds. Let's go now to today's interview, my conversation with the Cincinnati Inquirer's Adam Baum about Xavier's win over UConn. Adam Baum on the heels of Xavier's big win over the University of Connecticut on Saturday. You're joining me now on the Rebound Rundown. Great to have you, as always, and let's get right into it with Xavier's win over the Huskies, a big one and a statement win for the musketeers they rise to number 18 in the rankings this week xavier closed that game on a 12 to 2 run I I talked about it on yesterday's episode of the rebound rundown but you were at practice today as we record this on monday i just want to get your overall vibe from the people you've talked to around the program coming off of that win over connecticut you know what practice was like what are some of the things that you felt like you heard or could pick up on not necessarily insider information. Of course, I'll let you report that as, as you do, but just the the overall character and vibe of this team over the last 48 hours.
1: Yeah, I would say, you know, today at practice, especially, it seemed very business as usual, but I did find one thing really interesting at the end of practice, they huddled up and Sean Miller talked to them about how you handle success. And I thought it was really interesting and sort of illuminating. And he touched on a little bit of what's what's plagued this program the last few years in that, yeah, you were you've been a program. A lot of the guys on this team right now have been a part of big wins. You've won big games. And at some point during the season, the last few years, that's gotten away from you. And it was like – it was really – I don't know. It was it was important to me that, that that was the discussion that they had today, two days after you had UConn, their first loss of the year, and everyone's talking about you. You got everyone's attention. Well, what are you going to do now? How are you going to handle winning a big game? Are you going to do what you've done the last three years and really just fade down the stretch and, and everyone's going to be talking about, oh, man, they're imploding again? Or are you going to really double down and use this and build off this and use this momentum to go on a run and show everyone that that game was not a fluke? That was my biggest takeaway from from today's practice, honestly.
0: And when you look at what Sean said after the game, I talked about this on Monday's uh, episode, and he talked about how he felt like this team maybe wasn't capable of winning this game against Indiana or closing out the game is maybe a better way to put it that this team now is much better prepared to close out those close games and win the big game than they were even just a month ago against Indiana or Duke or Gonzaga where they had chances to win those games down the stretch but couldn't get it done and now against Seton Hall St. John's and Connecticut they've done that is that the same vibe that you're picking up
1: yeah for sure and to me, I thought maybe the most revealing thing about that game on Saturday was that going into it, in my mind, I thought, I thought, you know, they're going to need to shoot the lights out of it. They're going to need to have one of their best shooting performances of the year to beat a team like UConn. And here they go, zero for six from three in the second half, only make four three pointers in the game, and yet you beat UConn by ten points. I know they got a lot of a lot of points at the free throw line, but to me, like, that was a different way that they won that game than I was expecting. And I thought that was important that, you know, for as good as your offense is, you can win big games a variety of ways. You're going to have nights where, where the three-point line is your friend. You're going to have nights where you're really attacking the basket and moving the ball. and And all these different things can happen to you. So that was what I took away from that game.
0: Jack Mungee played very under the weather on Saturday, but still managed to give Xavier an immense amount of production in his 24 minutes, both offensively and maybe more importantly defensively against Adama Sinogo and Donovan Klingen. How is Jack feeling now? Did he practice today and, and what did he look like?
1: Yeah, he uh he practiced today. He did everything. He honestly looked great. Now, you know, if you saw him or you watched that game on Saturday. He did not look like he was doing well, and uh, you know he did have food poisoning. I know the the broadcast and a lot of people on the internet, a lot of very smart people on the internet, um, were very upset with Jack because they said that he had the flu, and he did not have the flu. He had food poisoning, but you know when you sort of find out all all of what he went through just to be able to get on the floor, and then on top of it. You know, you. I missed this in the box score, but Jack was plus twenty-three. Xavier outscored UConn by twenty-three points when he was on the floor on Saturday, and for him to do that, I mean, I think Sean said like we clearly would not have won this game without Jack Nunge, and he got rewarded for it, Player of the Week in the Big East this week. So, they've 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 had a couple games this year now where guys have really had to power through. Colby was getting over the flu in the win over Seton Hall, and and Jack with food poisoning against UConn. So they've got guys that really want to play no matter what they're dealing
0: with. Somebody else we have to talk about, Adam, is Jerome Hunter, who has really turned it up a notch in the last couple of weeks. He's fitting into this role under Sean Miller very well, and he's doing everything that Xavier needs him to do to win basketball games. He was a perfect 9-for-9 from the free throw line against Connecticut, at 15 points. It just feels like he's making the plays that Xavier needs. Just like Jack could talk about offensive defense, Jerome, the same way, playing very well defensively as well as getting some production on the offensive end.
1: This is what they needed out of Jerome Hunter. Um, I, I talked to Jerome after the UConn game. And to be honest, it was one of the more memorable conversations that I've had with a player after a game because. If you know what Jerome went through last year, and I wrote about this in a story um, that published yesterday, but Jerome got booed in Cintas Center last year. like, And, you know, you could make an argument that a lot of that was just a product of the way the season was sort of getting away from Xavier and fans weren't happy about that. And they also weren't happy that Jerome spent a lot of time on the three-point line just chucking up shots and he didn't make many of them. And he's been through a ton. And for him to do what he's done this year, um, there was so much joy and so much excitement coming out of this guy after after that game against UConn on Saturday, like could not wipe the smile off of his face. And he, to his credit, he had a conversation with Sean Miller when Sean took over as Xavier's head coach. And that conversation was basically, hey, here's what I need you to do in order to fulfill a role and carve out uh, a spot on this team in this rotation. And Jerome has done that. And I think it's, it's definitely noteworthy. It's a, it's a redemption story going from what he did last year to what he's doing this year. And to hear him talk about, man, I just want to see my teammates happy. I just want to fit in and be a part of this team. And he's doing all the little things that you need to do in order to do that um Xavier's last three games he's got 34 points 20 rebounds and 12 of those have been offensive rebounds like just super impactful minutes off the bench when this team doesn't have a very deep rotation you need to maximize your bench Jerome's done that for Xavier
0: yeah it just feels like he's in the right place at the right time whenever Xavier needs to play or needs to make a play and he's on the court um the other thing that I want to talk about Adam as far as players go is what Xavier's getting out of the wing production right now. And just in general, you look at Sule Boom, who maybe didn't have a notable game against Connecticut, but you look at Colby Jones, who, again, sometimes flies under the radar with the quiet plays that he makes, but comes up big when Xavier needs him. Adam Kunkel knocking down some shots here and there. So what have you seen here of the last week or so out out of Xavier's perimeter play?
1: Yeah, I think I think they're blessed in that you can have a night where Sule takes over, or you can have a night where Colby takes over, and then you're going to have nights where maybe Adam Kunkel doesn't jump out as much, but he still finds a way to impact the game. I thought, particularly on Saturday against UConn, Kunkel didn't do a ton offensively. Um, I, I forget exactly what he finished with, but you go back and watch that game, that dude chased jordan hawkins all over the court he it was maybe the most energy and effort that i've seen from him on the defensive end of the floor and he was so into it defensively that he actually fouled jordan hawkins twice on on three pointers so maybe he needs to reel that back a little <laughs> bit but they they have this thing going on where maybe it's the guys on the wing or in the backcourt maybe it's the front court guys but they've got guys, a bunch of different guys who can impact winning on any given night. Um, you know, you're going to get what you're going to get from Jack Nungy. Zach Fremantle has been exceptional. And then Sue a. Boom, Colby Jones, and Adam Kunkel are very much like a three-headed monster in, in the in the backcourt that you don't know which one of them on a given night is going to step up and beat you. So. I really like the makeup of this team. I like how unselfish those three guys are. Um, And and it's going to be a problem when you play Xavier trying to figure out, man, who who do we want to beat us? You look at that UConn game, it was very clear that Xavier's game plan was, we're going to let Andre Jackson shoot on the perimeter, and we're going to make sure that no one else can beat us doing something else. They executed that game plan. Xavier's not necessary, and this is not uh, to disrespect Andre Jackson because I think he's a very good player, a very talented player. But when you play Xavier, you, you're, what's your decision? How, are you going to let play off someone and just say, all right, this guy can beat us? You can't, can't really do that against Xavier because anyone on any given night can really get hot and take over a game. That's probably what I like the most about the way this team is built.
0: Last question for you here before I let you go. I know we're a few days away from it. Xavier has the bye week this week, no midweek game. But then they go to Villanova, where they haven't won since joining the Big East, and it's a chance for another statement win for Sean Miller, this crew, as Xavier tries to keep climbing up those rankings and improve to 5-0 and in the Big East. What does this game on Saturday look like to you, Adam?
1: I think the biggest thing that I'm thinking about going into this game is – and I just – I touched on this earlier. You just got everyone's attention by beating UConn. Everyone in the country has essentially been put on notice that Xavier is a team that, that can compete for the Big East Conference Championship. Well, if you really want to get everyone's attention, you follow that game up by going on the road and beating Villanova in a building and doing something that's only happened, I believe, you probably know this, I think three times since the, the reformation of the new Big East, Villanova's only lost in the Fin three times in the last decade in conference play. And I think two of those have been to Marquette. One of them just happened this past weekend.
0: Butler so did it, it once. Doesn't, Yep.
1: Yeah, it doesn't happen often. Um, Xavier's never gone in there and won a basketball game. And it's just like you talk about momentum. You talk about, oh, that was a big win on Saturday. We, you really want to keep it rolling and do something on Sat this Saturday that you've never done before. I just think for everything that this program has been through the last three or four years, it's really been a story about running out of steam, about late season spirals, about not being able to sort of string big quality wins together that are going to get you where you want to go. This is exactly the situation that this team is facing right now. It's that you just want a game, a resume building game. Now what are you going to do? Are you going to take one giant step forward and then two steps backward like you have the last few years? Or are you going to continue to take forward steps and get positive momentum to get back to the NCAA tournament? That's what Saturday's all about, in my opinion.
0: Adam, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And I'm, I have a feeling you and I will be talking again pretty soon down the line.
1: I think you might be right. And let me say, Paul, who day? I need the Bengals tonight. It's a huge game. Um, I know you don't deal with the NFL that much, but I'm just uh, – I'm super excited for this one, man.
0: Well, hopefully by the time everybody's listening to this, we will have woken up to – the result of a great game down at Paycor stadium. Are you going to be there?
1: No, no, I'm oh. uh
0: you're not using that Christmas bonus check to go uh, <laughs> sit in the 300s in the pouring down rain. No, I'm not that brave. I'm not that brave. Paul. All right, Adam. Well, I appreciate it. Who date? We'll talk to you soon. See you buddy. Kentucky is home tonight at eight on ESPN against LSU as the Wildcats try to hand the tigers just their second loss of the season. LSU is 12 1 and is coming off a statement 74 63 win over Alabama last Wednesday. Kentucky has wildly underperformed expectations this year and needs to start building their NCAA tournament resume. Right now, LSU is 75th in the net and 75th on Ken Palm, so it wouldn't necessarily be a marquee win, but after last week's loss to Missouri, Kentucky's hoping to start stringing together some strong performances. LSU guards the three-point line very well and is a better defensive team than they are an offensive team. Despite their struggles, Kentucky is still favored by 10 on the Betfred Sportsbook, and I would give LSU a look at that spread. Miami is on the road to play a Central Michigan team that is coming off their upset win over the Michigan Wolverines last Thursday. That game is at 7. Also, Louisville plays Syracuse at the Yum Center at 7 on ESPNU. Two big stories around the country last night. The first was the Shocker in West Lafayette, Indiana, where Rutgers went into Mackey Arena and stunned number 1 and previously undefeated Purdue 65-64. Cam Spencer hit a 3 with just over 13 seconds remaining for what ended up being the game winner. Also, Oklahoma State beat West Virginia 67-60. The Mountaineers are still looking for a signature win on their resume with their four losses coming against teams ranked 45th or higher on Ken Palm. Busy night tonight as Marquette goes to St. John's at 6.30, Mississippi State plays Tennessee at 7, and in probably the best game of the night, Kansas travels to Texas Tech for a 9 p.m. tip-off. Hot start for the first edition of Paul's Pick of the Day with Rutgers covering as eight-and-a-half-point underdogs. Didn't need the points. They won outright. Today's pick is a late one. Number 21 New Mexico, minus four at Fresno State at 11 p.m. on CBS Sports Network. The Lobos are the last undefeated team in the country after Purdue lost last night, and I expect them to stay that way. Fresno State is an abysmal three point shooting team, and I don't see them keeping pace offensively. That'll do it for today's rebound rundown. Enjoy your Tuesday, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.